Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to Two Chunks and a Hunk. Movie musings for mostly everybody. Two Chunks and a Hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders, and this week, I am your chunk. Yes, I am Doge, Abby's heterosexual ex-hunk friend, and I have come to get her back. (laughs) And I'm Carter, and when I saw that chunk upstairs, I knew my mom would be busy for the next two hours. (laughs) Very good. Very good. Anything you guys want to ask me? I don't know if you noticed something different. Did you notice anything different? And you ask me anything? Where'd you get that hat? REI in Washington. Five oh. years ago. That's where Our, REI grows. Like new new ones grow in Washington. Yeah. You just plant REI seeds and they grow. And they grow. REI is a perfect example of a Star Wars character that I think just ended up underdeveloped by the end. <laughs> yeah, same. Hey, why are you the hunk? Oh, yeah. We familiar with a Swiss roll? No. Yes. Yes, do we like Do we like Swiss rolls? What's our of podcast course. stance? Are we a pro-Swiss roll, anti-Swiss roll? You ever put it in the refrigerator? Pro-Swiss roll? I'm pro-Swiss roll. Pro-Swiss roll is hard to say. Pro-Swiss roll. Pro-Swiss roll. Pro-Swiss roll. So we're a pro-Swiss roll podcast. Have you yeah. ever put it in the refrigerator? Yes. It's the best. It's good. It's tasty. It makes the perfect food perfecter. I like what if I t- better. What if I told you that I created the world's largest savory Swiss roll this week? Disgusting. You start with a boneless, disgusting, skinless pork tenderloin. You're going to triple fold butterfly this guy. So you roll it out way flat. You're going to make a herb paste and you're going to spread it in the middle. Then you're going to roll it up real tight like it's a sleeping bag. And you stick toothpicks through so that it becomes a meat Swiss roll. Instead disgusting. Of the, instead of the cakey stuff is pork. Instead of the creamy, dreamy, sweet treat filling, it's herb paste and honey mustard. The way you have chosen to describe this is horrendous to me. Continue. It's working for me. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it's amazing. It tasted really great. I've eaten I'm in. It, I ate it two different nights this week, and it's absolutely wonderful. So why is this okay, but I can't describe a sandwich in vivid detail? Because you, you here's the deal. Because I wanted to talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> and I got tired of right. your sandwich story. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, you know who didn't? Our listeners, that's right, Chunkies. I know you love my sandwiches. And Where's I know my you sandwich love my brigade sa- at? <laughs> where, my, where my sandwich pound? Where my sandwich pound at? No, I know you love it. I know you love it. You know you love it. Um, we have two separate sandwich jokes on this podcast. That's when you know you've been around true. for a long time. That's, you got too many sandwich jokes when you have that's, two of them. We're just sandwich crazy. You guys saw Jesse Awuji was outside of that sandwich shop a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah. He asked people what their favorite quote was, and nobody said sandwich crazy. And I almost commented, but then I remembered that I don't really participate in social media very good. And I did. (laughs) You have a certain aloof standoffish (laughs) image to uphold, right? Yeah. If I if I just start commenting and liking willy-nilly, then how are people gonna constantly guess where my allegiances lie? Amazing. (laughs) Keep them guessing. Oh, man. I highly encourage you to try the meat Swiss roll technique for cooking pork tenderloin. It's very good. You cook it at 275 for two hours. It keeps the meat from drying out, but you get a nice juicy cut of lean meat, and it's wonderful. I love it. Sounds juicy and wonderful. Hey! You talking about, you talking about me or the pork tenderloin? Actually, actually, I'm talking about the movie that we're going to talk about today. It okay. is juicy and wonderful, and it is uh, the third movie in our streaming of a white Christmas series, which, by the way, I don't think we've stopped to talk about, has been a treat 
Yeah, I just really a enjoyed real it. joy. Talk about a yeah, it's been twists and turns, I'll say. Hasn't it though? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hasn't it though? <laughs> Look, it is uh there's there's actually a lot to unpack here. And so I think the best thing we can do is go ahead and jump in by saying the name of the movie, which I know, you know, we all know, so let's say it together. It's known as Happiest, Happiest Season. Season. And uh the synopsis goes a little something like this. <laughs> it was supposed to be sleigh ride in case n- nobody could tell with the walking bass part. Anyway, oh no, that, that was, was a good, good sleigh ride. <laughs> There's a Christmas party at the that Carpenter's version. That vocal is so weird. Anyway, <laughs> the whip sound is so strong. Oh, yeah. if you loved this great discussion of the Carpenter's seminal holiday classic. <laughs> Sleigh ride. Then you're going to love the synopsis for Happiest Season, which goes a little something like this. <laughs> Just again. <laughs> Meeting your girlfriend's family for the first time can be tough. Planning True. to propose at her family's annual Christmas dinner until you realize that they don't even know she's gay is even harder. True. Such a long sentence. <laughs> when Abby, Kristen Stewart, learns that Harper, Mackenzie Davis, has kept their relationship a secret from her family, she begins to question the girlfriend she thought she knew. Stream on Hulu. Yeah, it's a Hulu. It's a Hulu original. They threw their hat into the ring of Christmas. I realized that I haven't watched that many Hulu originals. When I saw the like title sequence come up, their like, logo that says Hulu original, I was like, oh, I guess it's really only been Handmaid's Tale for me. I think I've watched a few. I can't think of any. I can't even name another thing that's a Hulu original. I know I have. I just can't think of any others. Y'all think Um, that's going to get rolled into Disney Plus eventually? Since Disney owns Hulu. Like, are they... I don't know why they're keeping them separate. I think it behooves them to keep them separate for a while. I mean, it feels like once they made Hulu have live TV, that it was like, okay, they're going to be separate for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what we might end up with is like a... Oh, Miss America's... No, that's a Fox, though. Disney conglomerate plus kind of a situation. Disney plus plus. With a better name than that. Dulu. Disney S plus, I think. It's Dulu plus. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So Dan Levy is an American-Canadian national global treasure. And I want him to be in everything I watch forever. Complete treasure. Incredible person. Really, really love Dan Levy. Yeah. He's just David Rose, like in 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 this, but yeah. that's fine. A yeah. lot of my favorite actors are just. It's like, oh, it's just Jack Black again. You know, it's like, right? Yeah, yeah. It's that's okay. Yeah, you know? I could not stop laughing, and now cannot stop hearkening back to the fish scene. The fish is so good when he's buying that new fish at the pet well, store. Well, that, but also just the conversation of. Uh, by the way, I love. These fish. If I wanted to get one for myself. The exact same one. Yeah, the exact same one. Where might I find them? (laughs) Was so perfect. I think there's just one scene that they don't even address it, but you just have you just watch him take it out and flush you hear the flush of the toilet. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't know what I was expecting out of Dan Levy, but he somehow manages to just exceed what I want from him every time he's on screen. I was afraid anything. this was going to give me the the Godzilla problem where it was billed as like, it's a Brian Cranston movie, his first big project after Breaking Bad. And he was in it for like 15 minutes. Right, yeah. I was really worried that I was going to leave this movie going, man, Dan Levy shouldn't have even been on the poster. That was basically a cameo. But I'm glad that he came in closer to the end. And I mean- I say what I I say about Dan Levy what I said about Star Wars when Disney bought it which was more Star Wars is always a good thing. Yeah. More Dan Levy, any amount of Dan Levy is more than I deserve and so I'm yeah. grateful for it. Yeah. That's a great point. And the other thing that is surprising to me. So we talked about Dan Levy and obviously he's fantastic and I think it's time to move into the actual movie itself. And the place to start for me is the person who maybe shocked me most in this whole movie, uh, which is Kristen Stewart. Yeah, turns out she got way better since Twilight. Turns out she rules. And I found her <laughs> incredibly compelling and easy to connect to and really, yeah. really heartfelt. Um, and I'm sure that it is helpful playing a a character uh, with like a story that matters to you. You know, like I have a hard time believing that Bella mattered to Kristen Stewart beyond the first movie. Um, yeah. But man... I, she just, she really, really, I don't know. I found her incredibly likable and watchable in this. Yeah. She brought it home in a big way. She was great. I, di- <clears throat> I disagree. I feel Whoa. like. Ooh. 
I was, it's funny that we get to talk about Dan Levy and then Kristen Stewart back to back. Yeah. Because I was me. like, great. I'm fine to always have to always have David Rose in everything that Dan Levy is in. That's okay. Certainly. That's great. But there is nothing different to me about what Kristen Stewart did in this movie than who Bella was. This is what? Bella. Really? Absolutely. No way. Really? Yes, dude. Okay. It's the same. She's doing the same thing. But it's it's um I, I would say it's a little bit better. Because she is kind of playing more of a role that Kristen Stewarting is appropriate for, which is like, <laughs> we need to feel sorry for this person. Um, they need to feel vulnerable and uh, they need to be in a relationship with anxiety. You know, like, they, like that's great. Like, that all fit for this role right now. And it yeah. could be, my my guess is, I think for me, it was just evident that this was still Bella. Like, and, and so I, as, as, as far mm. as acting chops for Kristen Stewart, I was not hardly any more impressed than when I saw her in Twilight. I think what happened is, is we finally have Bella in the right context. Maybe and that's maybe, it then. Yeah. Maybe that's why it feels way better. It's like, oh, this makes sense for you to feel like act this way. She's finally in a but role I that really, fits what I would she's never able to do. Ask, I would never ask my co-hosts nor our listeners to go watch a Twilight movie before they watch Happiest Season. But I'm kind of interested in this now because so I like, can't, I'm, I'm kind of uh, not shocked. I'm surprised that y'all y'all liked her so much in this. So you're saying Kristen Stewart is peppermint and Twilight is a hot dog and this movie is white chocolate? Something like that. I mean, she's one, I think Kristen Stewart plays the same character. It's just it was way more appropriate for her in this than it was in Twilight. Well, let me let me can let I, me hang on phrase- before you continue. You're being really irresponsible with your words. I'm going to super dump you saying peppermint hot dog. That's the worst flavor combination I can Well, think that was of. the point. Ugh, that's awful. That was the point. Ugh. Um the what what I meant was Kristen Stewart, the right ingredient for some dishes, the wrong for others, versus Kristen Stewart changing herself to fit the thing that she is in. I think I would agree more with that because I don't. She's not doing something that's wildly different from Bella. It feels like. See, I can like get some, on board with what you're saying to an extent, but I I disagree in the sense that I think I see so much improvement because I found her likable and charming here. That's I what did I'm saying. Not find I find Bella likable and charming. I think since Twilight, she's figured out here's what I'm doing, here's how to do it well. Right. And she's doing that in Happiest Season, but she's not doing something that's a totally like she's gotten better at what she does, but she hasn't done something completely new. I think Carter, is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, I'm saying like not even close to new, though, probably because it's like Dan Levy, we get to, we can, he will always be best served as a little bit arrogant, incredibly loyal. And super charismatic. Like he, right. he will always be yeah. that. Right. Kristen Stewart <clears throat> can only serve consistent internal struggle, uh, biting my lip and looking down. <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's yeah. we're both getting two different uh, meals here and there's just one that works for everything and there's one that only works in certain contexts. Yeah, I agree. And so, so I'll yeah. agree that it this works context, here. Okay, so you think this context does work? Yes, okay. but I don't think she's any better, her as the actress, than she was in Twilight. Okay. I yeah, okay. I, I can get on board with that. I just I still think that she is better. I think she is doing the same thing. I can get on board with that for sure. I think that she her, is delivering think, the same performance. I do think it's better, but I think you're right, it fits here. And I think that's why I am able to like her rather than be put exactly. off by her. And yeah. I think it has way more to do with, in my opinion, the environment and the the co-stars she has been given in Happiest Season. That's fair. I think she gets to actually have charm when she's measured yeah. against other levels of charm. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. She was the the literal wet, cold, gray scale of Twilight <laughs> because everybody else was. Yeah, that's you know? fair. And so it was— I'll take that. And, and I, my super pump, I am falling in love with the works of Mackenzie Davis. Yeah, okay. I, I, and I think that's part of why I didn't, you know, I wanted to go ahead and talk about this because that's our main relationship here, right? Is those two characters. Mm-hmm. I think Mackenzie Davis has so many layers to her. I think she acted her heart out when we see her. I just feel like she delivered, they, they both have an internal conflict, right? They both have this thing that they're wrestling against, but on different sides of this yeah. relationship. Yeah, yeah. I think when we get our uh, ending, our main climax scene at the White Elephant Party, 
and Mackenzie's watching her walk away mm-hmm. and then just crying. What you like, talking about after she finally comes out to her parents? And yes, then but it's cries? too late. She's Dude, been told yeah. it's too late. That is Mackenzie Davis's best scene in this whole movie. She's she so was good. amazing. Yeah, I think I think she's great, and I think she's already if she's kind of covertly been in a lot of big movies. Like her top four credits might surprise you. Because they're not all that big of a role. Have y'all seen Terminator Dark Fate? No. No. You need to watch it. And I think you'll be closer to the way that I feel about her if you go watch that. The reason I started watching Terminator Dark Fate is because one of my favorite shows called The Connect uh, with Jason Concepcion and uh, Shea Serrano, right? They talk about, in that one, I think it was um, Killer Latinos. So they had uh, Sicario mm-hmm. up against Terminator Dark Fate because the bad guy in Terminator Dark, Dark Fate is Latino and is like the, the most terrifying thing ever. Hmm. Mackenzie Davis absolutely kills it in a role that I think just came out of yeah. nowhere. I've like, never seen her be bad ever. Yes. She's I, in I'm the 100%. best episode of Black Mirror. She's one of the two leads in San Junipero, which is far and away the best episode of that show. And I, I'm, I'm ready to watch that too. I'm ready to just go watch everything that she's done Yeah, because I'm super impressed. Super yeah. impressed. She's 31, 32 years old. So she's that got sucks, a big, actually. That really sucks. Long career. <laughs> long career. That's my age. Uh, a long career ahead of her. But I think, um, I really think the two of you, I don't think you need to know much about Terminator series because there's such a bad taste in my mouth from like Terminator Salvation. Oh, I right. know a lot of stuff about Terminator series. That's why I didn't go see Dark Fate. Correct. I like Terminator 2 and none of them since. Just go see Dark Fate. And I only, only consume it as like, uh, it's Mackenzie Davis on a pedestal and excellent action that you haven't really seen before. Cool. But anyway, she's my super pump. And I think she did uh, a really good job because she's probably one of the least recognizable of of this cast because people can say, oh, Alison Brie, that's from Community. Obviously, Kristen Stewart and then Dan Levy and then Aubrey Plaza. You know, we've got all these big names that really got their start either in sitcoms or movie franchises. And then here's Mackenzie Davis in the middle of it. And I think she killed it. Yeah. You know, I... Dude, I I feel so weird after watching this movie. My it's it it was really difficult for me to define my super pumps and super dumps, and so I'm gonna have a few moments in this show where I say things like almost my super pump or almost my super dump, um, because I had to get very specific with both of mine. But almost my super pump for this movie and worth a conversation in and of itself is Mary yeah. Holland as Jane. Yeah. Uh, I've known that she's funny, obviously, for a long time. If you've seen her and stuff, she is consistently one of the best parts of anything that she is in. Um, She is like little brief parts in several things uh, like uh, Silicon Valley. She has done a lot with um, the Comedy Bang Bang series of, you know, sort of podcasts, uh, TV show, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, She's been in and out of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, New Girl for various things. Uh, she was in uh, an episode of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. There's there's just different things that she's been kind of little bit parts in, but anytime she gets to take the reins and be a character for longer than a few minutes on screen, she is consistently so funny and has such yeah. a grasp of the discomfort that an overly enthusiastic person can cause. She was so good in this. But then also, I think she was able to make that transition uh, at, at our big, at our white elephant party the like emotional, more serious yeah. transition that her character needed. I was not not expecting that from her. I didn't know she could do that too. Yeah, yeah. I anyway, sorry, I, I stepped all over what you were about to say. No, that's, that, that's dead on. I just think she has, for somebody so funny, she displays surprising range occasionally as well. Um, yeah. That you don't normally get from sort of the slapsticky comic relief character. Um, and the, speaking of comic relief there, I mean, there were several laugh out loud moments in this movie for me between, uh, Dan Levy is his character named John, right? Yes. Yeah. Between John and Jane and, uh, I mean, even Aubrey Plaza, I mean, I say even like she's not hysterical all the time, <laughs> but Aubrey Plaza had me laughing several times. Like this movie had the way that the mom, t- uh, Tipper, which is a bad yeah. name, mm-hmm. the way that Tipper was so rude and in her own headspace constantly was hysterical to me. So yeah. it feels like when you when you mentioned the comedy in this movie, my super dump is here because it oh. feels like there are two scripts inside this one script. Sure. There's a script where the comedy comes from the dialogue and the characters interacting. Mm-hmm. And that's genuinely very funny mm-hmm. every single time. Like the, the, 
the way that the script uses John to be comedic relief is very funny every time. The way that Jane is comedic relief is very funny every time. How she won't stop talking about her totally wild young adult book series. And then that actually becomes the thing that secures the family's fortune. That's so funny. Yeah. And then there's the hijinks in this movie. And I don't know what else to call them other than hijinks. No, hijinks is good. But like, like we're going to do an ice skating race to go and run into people. The ice rink is the worst thing in this whole movie and was almost, again, here we go. If if my super dump was less esoteric, the ice rink would be the, the my super dump and is by far the worst four minutes of this entire film. But it's just kind of those hijinky things that would have been like, oh, this is like maybe these are recycled jokes from a different like rom-com from like maybe 2000 or 2005. There's like yeah. that yeah. and like smashing the painting. It's like, okay, yeah, that, that thematically works. Too. But there's so much of that that's just like… Who is this stuff for? Like this, it feels like the movie kind of dumbed itself down for some of those slapsticky was, hijinks. And so I that's going to be my super dump. Yeah, that felt meet the Fockers. Yeah, yes, totally. Exactly. Totally meet the yes. parents. Yeah. And that was funny because uh, I don't know if that, it, it's funny that that even comes into the conversation because um, I was, one of the things that was almost my super pump was just the, um, the, the script in terms of like the story that we're choosing to tell. Because I couldn't help but thinking of guess who's coming to dinner, right? Like yeah. of the Sydney yeah. Poitier of uh, how big of a deal, a deal culturally it was to be introducing my black, you know, fiance to my white yeah. family. You know, so this is the modern, it feels like the modern day uh, version, not to compare like racial injustice to, you know, just discrimination. Certainly, just the partner that the your LGBT. family probably might not be on board with. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And so for that to come in and then also there being elements of the, it, there definitely feels like there's a recipe to some extent of just this whole environment of like, yeah. I'm introducing someone yes. to my family. And a lot of the times those get their own little sub genres of that. I'm introducing <clears throat> this person that my family won't like to my family. Yeah. And you've got Ben Stiller <laughs> and Kristen Stewart and Sidney Poitier. You know, it's like all over the place. Well, choose your define, choose your backstory. <laughs> right. De- define how, so sum up your super pump into like a concise I said it was almost my super pump. Oh, it's almost your super Okay, well, that's- The super pump was Mackenzie Davis. That's right. Um, so that is actually my super pump, is the story we have chosen to tell and the way we've chosen to tell it. So this is- yeah. <clears throat> This is effectively a good Lifetime movie, a good Hallmark movie. Yes. This has, yep. this has almost all, if not all, of the calling cards of a Hallmark Christmas movie, except it's good. Um, and I think part of what makes it good is that it feels like it comes from a place of- I don't know if it's necessarily genuine experience or more just an analog for genuine experience, but the fact that we have, through the lens of something as um, suburban white bread as Hallmark movies, that we have here, uh, Cleo Duvall, the director, has chosen to tell this sometimes heartbreaking and tough-to-watch coming out story. Like there were moments where I was frustrated with character motivation and there were moments where things got murky for me and things got a little hard to understand like why certain people were doing things um, just as far as like writing goes. But by and large, like we just watched a probably pretty widely viewed Christmas Hallmark style movie about coming out to your family. I don't know. Something about that feels so intensely... um, powerful and different. I, I don't know. I was, I was moved uh, a lot during this movie in kind of even weird moments. And um, it stuck with me since we finished it for sure. I, th- I think to add on to that and to get even more esoteric, which is, I don't know, maybe something we don't usually do. <laughs> I think, I, I we, think can, we can dance in the ether a little bit. I think the, uh, I don't want to say mediocrity, but the like kind of just okayness of this movie Right. Um, is good and important. Right. Because like not every story about representation, uh, about, you know, it's not going to be moonlight. Like it doesn't have to be this huge, like amazing cultural juggernaut that's like this big drama and it's the best thing you've ever seen. Like totally. Any, any more than any straight movie has to be that. Like it's enough that this is just a fun rom-com at Christmas that I'll probably watch again next year or the year after. You know, it doesn't have to be this big yeah. watershed moment in representation. It's okay for it to be this small kind of just okay story that totally. I was like, yeah, that was great. But this it didn't- slots in easily right next to, you know, uh, Just Friends or The Family yeah. Stone or something totally. that, that kind of flip-flops between comedy and drama occasion. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. It, it really slots in really nicely there, and I think, and that's okay. I don't think well. that's a detriment to this movie. Like, oh, yeah. I don't think we need to look yeah, at it and no. be like, "Oh, the subject matter is so important." There was no excuse. No, it's right? Fine. Yeah, 
Yeah, and it feels like it's uh, almost a mark of progression. You know that you can you can have 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 told these stories enough, and then now finally put it in this lens to where it's like you know it didn't have to be Oscar yeah. nominated or anything right. like that. Right, right, right. I had you know one of the issues, and as as like a you know thirty one year old single man, you know it's like I don't have I have to be careful of saying of any issues. You are I married, have. right? You are married. You are not single. I'm checking. Oh my god. Yeah, sorry. Chelsea, hey, Chelsea, listen. If you're listening to this, I'm so sorry. sorry Carter forgot about you. Yeah, as a white uh, married man, um, to say of any issue that I have in terms of like the 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 plot and how we how that culminates, is I do feel like uh, there was a certain level of importance to this of going ahead and coming into this kind of rom com holiday. When you look at a rom com holiday, or we've even mentioned Lifetime. That feels like uh, something that is not owned by, uh, but they uh, uh, evangelicals seem to have <laughs> oh, totally. a hold totally, totally, totally. on the genre that this went into, right? So this is not necessarily, it's not really Frodo and Sam going into Mordor, but it's it's like it's a place <laughs> that that's not, not been very welcome and yeah. is still having some trouble with that kind of sure. topic. I don't know how I felt about our ending, and, and you know, I'm, we're doing this before shout announcements, but I feel like it's it's good for this conversation. Uh, the ending felt, and that that's what's tough about this, right? Is because because this is a romantic holiday comedy. If you've ever watched one, in the end, everybody's happy, right? And that's the that's the ingredients for it. But somehow, those ingredients, I'm not going to say felt unrealistic, but we had such a heart change, right? Did we did we did yes. we just kind of insert yes. the power of the holiday season? I feel like say, that's the this moment. will help you accept your gay kids. You know, it yeah. was like because it's Christmas, it's like, oh, I don't because we we took such a hard turn. And all it took was now while it was good writing, I think uh Tipper's conversation with her husband in his office about, you know what, we're actually not a perfect family. That felt like good writing. We're not so perfect because our kids feel like they're under this dark cloud of not being able to be themselves around us, right? Or be able to trust us in these ways. But everyone just, it just happened, right? right? It just felt like in a matter of eight hours of of movie time, we're over it. You know, we're not completely over it, but we're over it. But I, I don't know. I don't know what uh, a realistic, and who's to say that there's not hope in that, right? Like if, <laughs> that you wouldn't just be disowned. Because we do get those storylines. You know, Dan yeah. Levy's character, John shares about how, you know, his, he didn't talk to his dad, you know, for 13 years or something. Yeah. You know, it's like mm-hmm. the actual, you know, more of the stories that we hear sometimes in that community. But I think that's the moment that I remembered it's a Christmas movie. I think you're totally right. Because right, that did feel out of left field. I think it's that conversation between Tipper and uh, what's his name? Clifton or something like that. It's some uh, upper crust white boy name. I don't remember his name. Uh, their conversation, Ted. Ted. Well, Clifton is kind of like that. Yeah, it's close. Uh, <laughs> between Tipper and Ted, uh, their conversation. I think Tipper Tipper's lines are good writing. I don't think it's good writing that Ted immediately that she's like he didn't come down. He's not ready yet. And then about a minute and a half later, he comes downstairs. Yeah. So I think there's, and we don't see in the script we don't see enough of Abby and Harper together, happy, a great fit for each other. For me, for it to feel like. Oh, Abby should totally have taken her back. Do you think we're here's what's interesting? Here's what I think. Do you think they gave More a lot of that anything. in the opening credits? I think it's time to to put a pin in our ending conversation and head on over to shout announcements ending right now. Come to shout announcements pum 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 pum. Welcome. For my money, that's the dumbest Christmas song. To of shout all announcements, time. I hate that song unless, so will, much. Unless Willie Nelson sings it, you should listen to that. So, really. Doge, you think it's pretty parumpa bum dumb? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, I would love nothing more than to tell you, our dear listeners, about something really fantastic. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's sweeping the nation. Everybody loves it. It's called Patreon, and we are on it. If you don't know what that is. <coughs> Please leave that in. I'm going to leave that in. That's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) An entire colony of frogs. A tooth just fell out of your mouth. All of my teeth. Uh, Patreon is a way for you to plug in even more in depth with us, but there is a cover charge at the door and the bouncer is uh, the American economy. So... Make sure that you're prepared for that. But for $3 a month, you get into the official Chunky patron-only 
feed. It gets you bonus episodes and bonus content. It gets you access to special parts of the website. And we're about to introduce in January a brand new tier to our patrons where you can uh, toss a little extra cheddar our way and you will be part of a Discord channel with us, your faves. We can talk about movies, talk about TV shows. Maybe we can make a separate video game feed. It'll be cool. You can ask us questions. We might jump on there mid-recording to ask you guys for input on things. It'll be uh, really just a direct line of communication with us, and we're very excited about that. So keep your peepers peeled for that news in January. Something that's even better than January is right now. <laughs> Well, because it's a gift, and that's why they call it the present. And if you're looking for presents to amazing. go under your family Christmas tree or your friend Christmas tree or your enemy Christmas tree, Ooh. might I suggest that you look no further than the Two Chunks and a Hunk merch store. Uh, you can find that by going to our website and clicking the merch tab. I believe it's also in our Instagram bio. Um, if I was a real pro podcaster, I would say right now it's in our Instagram bio and then just make sure it's there. But you know what? I'm being real, being raw being true to the people. So it might be there. It might not be there. But uh, you can get some great merch. We've got a brand new piece of Christmas merch uh, that was designed by the wonderfully, wickedly talented Anna Guthrie. <laughs> so uh, good. So Thank you, Anna. Super, Thank super you. grateful for that. Uh, so you can find that on our merch store. You can find uh, just about anything your heart desires. You can find face masks. You can find tote bags. And the best thing that you can find is that everything is 30% off until December 17th. I know that by the time this comes out, that's only a couple of days from now, but if you're looking for a last-minute gift, there's some great mugs, some great yeah. little buttons and pens. There's awesome, all kinds of little knickknacks and doodads with our stuff all over it. So check that out. Yeah, plenty of stuff right in that white elephant budget too. Oh, you know? totally, totally, totally. And it's even, it's funnier too. You know, you can get creative and just be out there and give somebody who's never heard our podcast a gift with our face. Give, give them a mug with our faces on it. <laughs> give them a face mask with our logo on it. And they'll be like, huh? And everyone else will be laughing, but you'll know better. And you'll say, oh, it's just this podcast <clears throat> that people can go follow, rate, review, and subscribe to. In BD. In no big deal. I am, uh, it's a special little Christmas surprise. I told the guys uh, that they're, they're going to be hearing for the first time uh, what my movie that I will be contributing to, and, and uh, Disney Plus will be helping me contribute to our I'm Streaming of a White Christmas. Uh, it's going to come out next week. We'll be reviewing Godmothered. Ooh, oh, I was hoping you would pick that. Okay. Godmothered. You yeah. know, that was something that I was hoping to, because we had talked about the Star Wars uh, Christmas uh, special, the Lego Star Wars Christmas special. Yeah. But I was really, Godmother, Godmothered had a couple people in it that I like a lot. Um, and then I was like, I wonder, and Chelsea said, let's watch the trailer. Maybe it is a Christmas movie. When you watch the trailer, Christmas everywhere. Yeah. So we'll probably have a fun conversation about like- What makes a Christmas movie? What makes a Christmas movie? Is this yeah. a Christmas movie like or that. did it just come out in December? Hey, I'm just saying. Exactly. Die Hard. Right. And that's what I would argue. Die Hard is explicitly a Christmas movie. There you go. So there it is. But we'll be uh, reviewing Godmothered next week. Good. So be ready. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Okay, we were having a discussion, and that discussion was about sort of the emotional payoff and landing point of this movie. Yeah. Um, that's my super dump. 
Ooh, take me there. Nothing that happens at the end of this movie, well, almost nothing that happens at the end of this movie is earned. Yeah, I agree. The only thing that I can buy, and I'm willing to buy it only because I'm willing to give it a free pass, is the restoration of Abby and Harper's relationship. And I'm only willing to give it a free pass because that is sort of what the whole movie is built on, is that they are very deep in love. And so I'm willing to say, okay, fine. Yeah, maybe maybe they have the foundation to get past something like this. And I kept having to remind myself, hey, Harper's being awful. Abby, you should be done with Harper. But I kept having to remind myself, this is a situation so outside of anything I've experienced. And this is also awful for Harper as well. So this is just all awful. Now, I've seen a lot of people say that Abby and uh, Riley should have ended up together. Let me address that real quick from my perspective. There was never romance between the two of them at any point in the movie. And I think that it is understandable to root for two gay characters to get together. But I also think it's okay for two gay characters to just be platonic friends. Well, I think even even more than their sexuality, I think it's the magnetism that Aubrey Plaza brings to that role. I'll agree with that. I'm going to interrupt your super dump to super pump. I do have more, but keep going. Aubrey, I'm going to interrupt you to super pump Aubrey Plaza. Yeah. She was totally for, for me, like this is so outside of anything I've seen from her. And it was so good and yeah. believable. She felt like like she was the one who disappeared into her role for me. Like when I, I saw, want more I, genuine you, Aubrey Plaza. You boys know how I feel about Dan Levy. But mm-hmm. when I saw John, I saw Dan Levy every time. Right. When I saw Kristen Stewart, I saw Kristen Stewart every time. When I saw Aubrey Plaza, I saw Riley. I did not see not see Aubrey Plaza, and I did definitely not see April Ludgate. Right. Yeah, that's good. Like she she was so far outside of what she usually does. I think she was absolutely wonderful, super pump. But I think that I honestly think it might be more than just their sexuality. I think it is the magnetism of Aubrey Plaza. Totally, I completely agree. I think I think more so what I'm saying is like I think I think it's important to have platonic relationships between gay characters in a script like this. And I think that's important. platonic relationships between anybody. Sure. Yeah. I'm just saying in a script that is so focused on this yeah. subject, you know, but um, so if I'm willing to give Abby and Harper rest, restoring their relationship a pass, which I am, nothing else is earned at the end of this. Um, the, the revelation of uh, Sloane's affair is so sudden and weird, um, or Slo- uh, Sloane's divorce because, whatever. It's so sudden and weird and played up so slapsticky and unbelievable. Um, the um, the equivalency that is tried to that they try to give in that moment to, um, like, the stakes per person is so weird and not correct to me. Uh, the parents turn around of, like, I mean, we're all disappointed and everything bad happened, but we haven't been very good parents. It's like, you think they're really going to realize that in one night? Like, things just don't change like that. I don't know, man. It, the The ending is where this movie sort of farts and falls down for me. Um, but I think I think that's because it's a Christmas movie. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think it's I the you. equivalent of the Grinch's heart growing three sizes. Right? Sure. Like, it's because it's Christmas and Christmas is magic and magic things happen at Christmas. I, I don't know. Like, I, I think this movie could have really benefited from about 30 more minutes. Yeah, it did feel short. Was it hour 40 think, or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. I think the the drastic like attitude change uh, or heart change of our characters that seemed a little bit hard at first. So in this case, it would be uh, Harper's parents um, is, is more appropriate for a movie that uh, like The Birdcage. We've talked about The Birdcage before. Sure. So what happens grief, is- I love that movie. Very similarly. So Gene Hackman is running for Senate, right? And, and we're not telling- uh, our dad that my fiance's parents are gay. Right. Yeah. Okay. But at the end of that, Gene Hackman's in drag. You know, so it's like it's like we kept the same vibe the entire time so that a quick change like that made sense. Yeah, it doesn't feel yeah. like whiplash. But we also had a lot of good dialogue in there. So, because my, my, so personally for me, my super uh, dump is right up in this too. And it is specifically the the dad's character arc. Yeah. Yeah. Because he, we, he was, he was not, the hardest thing to watch about him wasn't that he was not accepting of homosexuality. Like he was just bad altogether. Like he was yeah. like assuming somebody he didn't know was stealing things. So he he was just so close-minded on so many fronts. But it felt like all it took was for Harper to come out and then tip her to say, hey, it's kind of awful that none of our daughters <laughs> felt they could share this kind of stuff. Also, Dude, I want to Her family karate. is horrific. Her family is horrible. Sloan never yeah. turns around. Like- 
Sloane's character arc is I'm mean, I'm mean, I'm mean, I'm mean. Oh, we both have secrets. Yeah. yeah. And it, it yeah. sucks so because think- Alison Brie is so capable. Like she is so good. Yeah. 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 So I think with with Dad specifically, um, who's that actor? Victor Garber as Ted. That was just a it made so much of it unbelievable. Yeah. And I have we I have to be careful about when I personally say unbelievable that the parents would just be accepting of their homosexual daughter. Um, because I mean, ultimately that's what that's what you would hope could happen. Sure, sure. Of, course. You know, yeah, of just sure. not so I'm not trying to say like who would ever love that. You know, it's like the way that this was the turn. In the story it's the and turn the that's unbelievable. It's yes. not the final Drastic. landing point that's unbelievable. It's how rapid Drastic. the turn is. Well, that's yeah. how I feel about their relationship. I, I, I think I started to say this before shout announcements, but the like, I don't feel like we get enough of them together, of Abby and Harper together. Right. For me to be on board with Abby saying, I'm going to take you back because what we had was good before you hurt me at Christmas. Like, I, I like, I don't know. I'm, yeah. I just don't really see enough of them together to make it feel like I think the fact that, that she was going sh- to propose and the fact that John clearly is for that is yeah. supposed to be enough for us to go okay there's something there but see that's a tell don't show oh, I agree. like I, I need completely you to show agree. me I need you to show me so that I I can get on board and root for them to be together I can and that's why I think it would really benefit from 30 minutes I think I think giving us about 10 more minutes before they hit the road yeah. would have been good. And giving us some more early stages of being at home where um, Harper is still leaning on Abby for support because this is difficult for her as well and not just rushing to yeah. the Abby is alone because Harper has abandoned her. Like I think if we got some more time in the house of, hey, this is really tough for me. My family brings out the worst in me and I'm so scared of like, losing their love, if we had been introduced to that concept earlier, I think not only are we able to feel for Harper's situation a little more throughout the movie, but at the end when Abby turns, I think we're more willing to root for that turn. Yeah. Um, and we're hoping that she we're hoping that she takes her back versus going, I don't know what's gonna happen here. Yeah. Yeah. Hypothetical, okay. What does it do for the story if Aubrey Plaza and Kristen Stewart switch roles? Aubrey Plaza is Abby, plays Abby. Does it make it any better? Or were they supposed to be where they are? That's tough to say because I do feel like Aubrey Plaza did such a good job as Riley. I, yeah, but I think it's it's less about Aubrey Plaza would be a bad Abby and more of Kristen Stewart would be a pretty bad Riley, I think. Yeah, I think Kristen Stewart okay. would be a bad Riley. Okay. And I think, again, I know this might be unpopular here in this triad of conversation, but I do think Kristen Stewart does a good job of of being Abby. I, I do yeah, find I think her she did okay. immensely likable. I, yeah. I found it very easy to not only root for her, but to feel really like sad with her and stuck yeah with her yeah yeah i i agree I, I think she did exactly what she needed to for this script um i also realized that connor the high school ex-boyfriend is if you've seen what we do in the shadows um connor plays uh jeff the reincarnation of one of the main character's <laughs> old boyfriends and it's very funny uh, he I forgot he about that. Yeah, did not make me laugh in this movie. Uh, Dan Levy made me laugh about him, but he yes. did not make me laugh in this movie very much. He very much played the no pun intended straight man character. The scene where Dan Levy claims to bench thousands, a thousand, was the funniest scene in this movie to me. That's an example, see, of the comedy that's really good. The yeah, totally. Comedy is awesome. The hijinks, the physical slapstick comedy is so rough. Well, let's have this conversation then as we're sort of steering towards the close of discussion. Clea Duvall, this was her directorial debut, I believe. Um, I don't Mm. think it was her screenwriting debut. And Mary Holland also wrote this movie. She co-wrote this movie with Clea Duvall. I, for my money, they have more than earned a second round. Like they, they, together as a writing team, clearly have chops. Clea Duvall clearly has chops as a director, and I think they have earned a a sophomore attempt. The um, dialogue in this, to me, was really snappy and really, really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Clea, Clea Duvall would claim that this, uh, uh, she kind of wanted to see how some situations in her life would play out on screen. So this is uh, interesting. something that she had experienced before. Hmm. Um, also, not her directorial debut. She she directed oh, really? a movie called yeah The Intervention. It's a ninety minute movie from oh I didn't know that sixteen. I'd um, like to see that then because I I actually really like the way she handles her characters. I I think again I think her the strongest points of this movie clearly come from her. Yeah. Um. Co- uh, Kobe Smulders, Ben Schwartz. Wow. Oh, cool. I love Ben Schwartz. I love I'll Kobe follow Smulders him anywhere. Ben Schwartz. Yeah. That's great. So yeah, Carter, where are you at on her? You think you think that that you'd watch something else she directed? Yeah. At this for point, sure. yeah, absolutely. I am not like who's this Denevil new guy? You know, it's like it's not sure, yeah, that level. But I, I think she, yeah, for for her to take the reins of something that 
um, culturally for this genre was a big deal and and deliver what yeah. I would say something that was good enough. Then yeah, yeah, I think she's I think she can do it for sure. Cool, love that. Well, hey, I think unless we're missing something, it is time to rate this movie. Using science, of course, um, the science that allows Sloane and her husband to perfectly curate gift boxes for their discerning clientele. That is actually, that's really funny. It is, is very funny. funny. The comedy around the that. vessels. See, again, the script, the dialogue is so good. We just ruined it with hijinks. Yeah. It, it reminds me, have you seen Just Friends, Doge? Carter, I know you have. I actually don't know if I have. Um, it, there's, there are moments. Is that the one where they're just friends? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, then I've seen it. Is that the one where the guy becomes limitless? Um, <laughs> there's there's a there's a scene in Just Friends, uh, which is a great movie, by the way, where um, Ryan Reynolds ends up on a stretcher because of a hockey related incident, and it's real slapsticky and dumb. And it is it marks some of the lower points of that movie for me when it goes to that level instead of relying on Ryan Reynolds being Ryan Reynolds, you know. And I think that's yeah when you get the skating rink and the painting over the head and the chase in the hallway. Th- that's what this is to me. Uh, which yeah. is funny that it seems like a hallmark bing of Christmas movies is to have a bad slapsticky element to it in some way. Sure. Yeah. But uh, anyway, we're going to use uh, science to rate this movie. Uh, and it goes a little something like this. Second time I've used that joke this episode. Oops. Third time total this episode because I did it once. Well, Just don't start singing Slay Ride again. Let me tell you something. Ba-doom, doom, 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 doom. <laughs> No, I was ready to do that for you if you didn't do it. <laughs> the best thing we could ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it. Buy, buy that, that poster. poster. The next best thing, that's buy it, followed by rent it, and then stream it. After that is forget it. And last, but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. God hath forsaken us. I'll go first. I would like to rent this movie. I did stream it because I have Hulu. It was free. But I would have paid, knowing what I know now, the uh, customary three ninety nine on Amazon to rent this movie. I really liked it, and I I do think it has earned a place in my holiday rotation. I enjoyed yeah, it I, a lot. I would rent it too. Um, I think it was up against a lot of stuff that was such a cookie cutter genre. You know, sure. it's, it's up against Hallmark. It's up against Christmas. You know, and it's up against Come Meet My Parents. Right, and with all that, we have this you know sophomore directorial you know uh, outing by. Clea Duvall, and I think she did a good job, and I think yeah. she pulled it off. And, you know, if anything, my heart is not growing any sizes bigger for Kristen Stewart, but <laughs> I think this is a bit of a runway for her to do more. We haven't really seen much from her since Twilight. She had been hit by the you will always be Harry Potter vibe kind of thing. You know, it's like you will always be this character, already super popular in literature and now on screen. But I think this if anything, maybe this kind of gets her training wheels off to just go try some more stuff that I, I'm, I'm at least yeah. open to that. But we have, she has done actually a ton since Twilight. Just none of it was huge. Not big franchisees. American yeah. Ultra was big ish. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. The Lizzie Borden movie, uh, Charlie's Angels, and then now Happy Oh, Season Charlie's seems Angels. Like maybe the biggest See, that one put her since. back, probably. Yeah, I think, I think so too. I think Charlie's she Angels did that was HBO original about like the deep sea stuff underwater. Yeah. There you go. Uh, I'm also going to rent this movie for the same reasons the other guys said. I think it was good. Like it, it was just okay. And that's not bad. You know what I mean? I, I think I like, I enjoyed it. I'll probably watch it again next Christmas or maybe the Christmas after that. It's not going to be something that I get to June or July. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't even wait six months to watch this movie. I'm dying to see it, but it's good and it's fine. And it's fun and Christmassy. It's valid. It's really valid guys. Really proud of us. Thanks. I appreciate it. That means a lot coming from you. I love how you're kind of the arbiter of the validity of our ratings. You know, it feels good to sort of be able to take the reins on that. Um, hey, Underwater with Kristen Stewart is not an HBO show. It is a It's movie. not an HBO original? It is a movie. Yeah, I said it's an HBO original. It's a movie, right? No. Went to theaters. Oh. I when? was just I was just looking up. Uh, I think it was last year, maybe? You're kidding me. I think it I'd was never Tuesday. heard of it. I think it was like... <laughs> I never heard of it until I saw it. It was this year, January 10th, 2020. You want to know something that totally messed up my sense of time? We all watched The Circle this year. That was this year. Yeah, that's a good point. Isn't that wild? That was like February. That's pretty crazy, actually. Oh, man. I'm ready for that show to come back. I was introduced to Shuby, but this very calendar year. Shuby and Scooby in one year. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And Joey, my boy, Joey. 
Dang, that's pretty crazy. Hey, make sure you tune in next week for Godmothered. It's going to be... <laughs> hey, can I tell you who I'm excited about in that movie right now? Can I call my shot? Jill- yeah, go. Jillian Bell. Yep. Never bad. Never been bad yep. one time, ever. She is consistently incredible. Pretty we'll pumped about it. Sleeping Beauty, Invito Corleone, and... <laughs> fun, fun crossover. To end today's episode, I'd like for us each to say our name and what your white elephant gift would have been at the party. For two chunks in a hunk, I'm Jordan and obviously a candle. Non-scented. Oh. oh. Also my. known as unscented. Oh my goodness. I've, okay. Just a no stink candle. Stop the podcast. I have our next big project, colored candles. And they're called nonsense, but like non-sense because a candle with no scent is nonsense. And we have this line of candles called nonsense. That are just we colors. Could, they're just colors. What color, what would you like today? I would like to burn, burn some wax. I would like to burn pink today. I would Terrible. like my home to burn pink. Terrible. I love it. I'm a lowbrow kind of boy. So my name's Doge and I'm showing up to your white elephant party with medicated toilet paper. Why? <laughs> Is that a thing? I don't know. I mean, they make they make lotion in Kleenexes for your upstairs hole. You gotta have some medicine for downstairs too, right? That's gotta exist. I'm gonna medicated break the world toilet of- paper. Lotion up your <laughs> never mind. Continue. I'm gonna I'm gonna break the world of this movie. And my gift will be a copy of Twilight Breaking Dog. Yeah, very too. good. And I'll Ooh. say, see, look. That's her over there. It's like and it's like it's like when you get Mister Mixler pick to say his name out loud, and he just whoop, vortexes into himself. <laughs> what yes. if this movie was part of the dream at the end of Twilight <laughs> six or seven, whatever the last one was? Every Kristen Stewart movie this is but a four. shadow of that four. dream reality. No, there's definitely not four. There's got to be at least five. It's four. No, it's five. Four right. what? It's yeah, five. Twilights. It's five. Dang. Too many Twilights. Not enough time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.